we thought we'd have a visual aid this morning, um, just as, as the, um, the children leave. It feels like that some mornings, and it's great that um, we've got such a wonderful bunch of children and young people and their parents. Great, good, okay, nearly organised. Great, Matt's our preacher this morning, and I'm going to pray for Matt before he comes and shares God's word with us. So let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for Matt, we thank you for his faith in you, we thank you that uh, he's someone who knows your presence with him and who can speak from first-hand experience of the love of God in his life. Uh, thank you that he's able to share his faith with people um, who he meets day by day. And thank you that, uh, that you are with him now. And I pray that as he preaches this morning, um, you will take the words that he speaks and apply them to our hearts. Uh, Lord, we pray that each one of us will be open and receptive to what you're saying to us this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Brilliant, thank you. Hopefully we're on. Well, good morning everybody. <laughs> what, a, what a response, brilliant. <laughs> okay, well I, I trust that everybody had a, a good Christmas. It's a great time of year to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it's all over, and we've settled into January. So some of us have been back to work for a week or so, or been back to school. When I say school, actually, it's great to have, I think Amiga are sitting in on this as well. So it's great, great to have you guys with us. Um, it's all sort of back to normality, back to a normal eating pattern, Back to a relatively <laughs> normal sleep pattern. If you're anything like me, it's quite a relief to get back into that, um, that normal rhythm. I can safely say that if during the week somebody asked me what day it was like that, I could actually tell you what day it is. I find it quite difficult over the Christmas period with Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve and lose track of the days. Wasn't it great to get our verse for the year? Last yes. week. That was, yes, it was Pastor Aid. It was a, a real encouragement from God, something to keep in the forefront of our minds. Has anybody learnt it? Okay. Shall we read it together? I think Ollie's going to pop it up on here. Let's speak it out. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you and no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. I'm really looking forward to seeing where this verse is going to take us, both as individuals and as a, a corporate body, as the church. So with this verse in mind, let me tell you a story that sort of sprung to my mind during the preach last week and it was sort of at the point that Aid was uh, reminding us how sometimes it's difficult to be bold 
in all sorts of situations. And it's often made worse when we're trying to be bold on our own doorstep, in our own town. It can be a little bit difficult. So it would be about, um, probably about five years ago, my, my dad, who, who's no longer with us, he's gone to be with the Lord, um, he, he said to myself and Liz, he said, Sue and I, which is my, my stepmother and, and him, are, are going to Lanzarote. We've got a timeshare there. And we're going off to Lanzarote and we wondered whether you, as a family, would like to come with us. So, but yeah, it sounds quite a good idea. You know, we, we weren't really going to be doing anything. So I think it was the f maybe, you know, a week or so or 10 days at the start of January. It was quite good to get a bit of sunshine at that time. So off we, we trooped as a family to, to Lanzarote. Really easy to get to because you can go from Exeter, which is, which is great. Um, <laughs> And we're not that I'm plugging if anyway. Um, so we, we arrived in Lanzarote and we got our, our link to uh, the you know, taxi, took us to where the actual um, sort of place we were staying was Playa Blanca, I think, from memory, uh, Lanzarote. So um, we arrived, and it's one of these sort of complexes where you have the main uh, sort of place where there's a bar and a restaurant and the reception. And then you've got all these sort of villas dotted around the place and swimming pools and all this business. So it's great. We arrived and we're in the reception, booked in. And they said, oh, you know, there's lots of activities through the week. And this is the bit that, you know, I suppose in a way I'm, I'm never too comfortable with. But they said on Monday, Monday, we've got bingo. Ooh. <laughs> Which I secretly, I quite like a bit of bingo. But anyway, um, Tuesday, we've got, um, I think it was like a quiz or something. Wednesday is karaoke night. And Thursday, Thursday I think was a sort of, um, sorry? It, it, it wasn't windsurfing, but, um, but they, you, could have, you could have done that as well. But the, um, the, the, yeah, so they had something on a Thursday. I can't, can't quite remember what it was. So we decided, when we were looking through this list of things to do, Actually, I quite like a bit of karaoke. I mean, I love bingo and I love, you know, all the other things and quizzes and all the rest of it. But karaoke, come on, bring it on. So I was actually getting quite excited. Tried not to big it up too much, but I thought, we can go with this. So Wednesday, Wednesday came along and I, I hadn't mentioned too much, but I sort of said to Liz, oh, why don't we go take my dad and Sue and we'll go up to the bar and, you know, hang around knowing full well that this was on. And, uh, and of course it all started, and they have a book that they pass around of all the songs that you can sing that all, they have on their computer screen, that all the lyrics come up, and then the backing track comes on and away you go. So we were looking through, I said, why don't we just, we'll just have a quick look, just in case there's something there that you, you know, might like singing along to. So I found Neil Diamond. I mean, that's my pièce de resistance. Bit of Neil Diamond, um, Sweet Caroline. So I said, I think I, I, I might do that. So they said, oh, are, you, are, you, are you sure? Pipe down. No heckling. So um, we, got to, we got to doing that, and I, I ticked the box, and I said, look, this is the one I'd like to do to the chat. And then Liz said, you can't do, you know, are you sure? I said, yeah, come on, get with, get with it. We're never going to see any of these people again. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it, just, we'll just do it. 
So I got up, if you, you know, people, when I started, I think if people had closed their eyes, they would have thought that Neil Diamond was in <laughs> Playa Blanca. So Liz got up and did something, and my dear dad, he, I think, dare I say, I think he did a Shirley Bassey. <laughs> he, he loved Shirley Bassey. Anyway, so. <laughs> We did all this, and I'd said to Lee, it, doesn't, it really doesn't matter. We will never see these people again. Don't worry about it. So we got to next year, and my dad sort of said again, look, we're going. It's a timeshare. Do you, do you want to, you know, we had quite a good laugh last year. Do you fancy coming along? We, well, actually, it was really good. Why don't, why don't we do that? So we booked it all up again and got, you know, a, a villa at the same time they had their timeshare. We arrived at Lanzarote Airport, whatever it is, got to the reception, and we were queuing up, waiting, and so thinking, oh, brilliant, you know, it's, nothing much has changed, it's the same thing. And this fella came up behind me, he said, all right, mate? I said, oh, all right. I'm thinking, who on earth is that? Karaoke again this year? <laughs> and it was at that moment that I, the whole concept of a timeshare dawned on me that it's all the same people. <laughs> so you see, what you say and what you do, people do remember. <laughs> and that's why I tell this story. I think it's an example of the freedom that is within us that just needs releasing. Uh, and I, for one, would like to have the confidence that is given in this verse for the year to go and talk the gospel, to use the name of Jesus. I don't know whether I did that year. I don't think I did. I, I kept, I, I hid my um, talent. <laughs> okay, so if you're anything like me, you may have started the new year with a, a resolution. Do we like a new year's resolution? No. I don't know. There's plenty of fine and good intentions to get in shape, spend more time with the Lord, to stop smoking, stop drinking as much, eat more healthily, to rest more, to read my Bible. This isn't my personal list, by the way. <laughs> this is just examples that people do. To make a change, to stick to it. However, I believe if you want to change and you include God in the equation, anything can be done. Amen? Yeah. Do you remember this guy? Yeah? yeah? Mr. Motivator. So in a moment, actually, when I, when I mentioned this to Liz, I, was gonna, I wanted to have one of those Velcro suits that you sort of pull off, and I could, I could have my Mr. Motivator suit on underneath, but uh, my lovely wife, the voice of reason, said I think that would be a step too far. <laughs> okay. So check this out. These are the exercises we're going to be doing as well. We're just coming up. There we go. So we're going to start with a cardio burn. We're going to push the chairs back in a second. We're going to start with a cardio burn. Get us warmed up. We're going to do some sit-ups and some press-ups. I'm only joking. Rest assured that all the things we've been doing this morning, all the exercises we're doing, are within our minds and our spirits and the gifts that God has given us. So let's start with a cardio burn. John Gordon, 
John Gordon was a, a great friend of this church, a voice that brought prophecy to this church family. And he was sadly called home to be with the Lord just this December gone. What I would very much like to do is to honour him, but more importantly, honour the Lord and revisit the prophetic word that our Lord gave to John specifically about this church. And I'm going to kind of make no apology because I'm just going to read his, his, um, his prophecy because I think it's, it's important. Amen. Prophetic word to Totnes United Reformed Church, 1st of September 13, via John Gordon. I believe the Lord would say the following to you, please weigh it. I had a vision of a large fireball descending from the heavens and landing directly upon your building. Remarkably, though the building was enveloped in huge flames, the fabric and structure of the building remained completely undamaged and intact. Like the burning bush witnessed by Moses in Exodus. Out of the building streamed people. They were radiant and glowing and carried aloft torches, rather like the Olympic torch which passed around Britain last summer. The people spread out in all four directions of the compass, bearing torches into homes, offices, commercial buildings, right through the area. At the same time, there were others coming into the church building, drawn by the remarkable divine blaze within it. The fire of God, which began in the church, rapidly spread with flames rising throughout the area, illuminating the town and the dark valley. From this emerged the following word. My people, get ready. I am, pre I am preparing to send my holy fire upon you in a new and fresh way, such as you have not witnessed before. The fire will embrace my presence, my purification and my power. The light of my glory will increase as the Shekinah descends upon you. The fire will bring fresh purity and refinement. The stubble and the chaff will be ignited and the waste places will be levelled. You will experience my glory and holiness as never before. And it will not only burn away the dross and, redefine, and refine you as gold and silver, but will powerfully draw those who are hurt and seeking my love and forgiveness. Many who are, burning who are burning strange fire in this area after the manner of Aaron's son will be confounded by the reality of the holy fire of God. The fire will also bring a new dimension of power which will inform every aspect of your church life and ministry. Your worship, outreach and spiritual gifts will all be impacted and there will become a deeper revelation of the power of my word. A deeper passion will burn within your hearts, both leaders and congregation. You have laboured long and hard at times. The opposition and the setbacks have seemed formidable. Yet the sticks are laid and your patient endeavours in kingdom will yet be set ablaze in a way you could not have previously imagined. Therefore, break up the fallow ground, consecrate yourselves afresh. When my holy fire comes, do not resist it, for it is an unquenchable blaze. 
Your God is a consuming fire, a consuming fire of holiness and love. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father God, thank you for the gifts of prophecy given to some. Lord, help us to interpret these visions and words. Lord, I pray for more prophecies and that you would help those with the gift of prophecy not to be silent. Amen. Amen. Okay. You know, I don't think there's much more uh, that I could say for our cardio burn, except maybe you... I mean, we can do some copies of this. Maybe you could reread it for yourselves alongside the verse for the year. Yeah, we, we know what that verse is. And perhaps you could join the prayers that are building towards our Christian festival this summer. Okay. So now that we feel warmed up, hopefully, now that we know that the fire of God is with us, now that we're ready to really get stuck into our workout, we can move on to our next exercise. Sit-ups. Now, a word of warning with sit-ups. If, like me, you've worked way too hard on your abdominal workout. <laughs> doing endless sit-ups, you can cause muscles to become overdeveloped. And what is, what is colloquially termed a six-pack can develop into a one-pack. The sign of a true athlete. <laughs> Moses. There was a man who was called to sit up. And Dave's going to come and... Where's Dave? Dave Tomlinson. Here we go. Come up, Dave. Dave's going to do a reading for us. Thanks. Cheers. Morning, everybody. Um, so this is from Exodus 3, verses 1 to 3, which is pages, uh, page 59 in the uh, Pew Bibles. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought... I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. <coughs> Thanks, Dave. So we can put that up. Oh, thanks, Sally. Thank you. So there he is, Moses, tending his father-in-law's flock of sheep, minding his own business, and suddenly on a pretty sparse landscape, <coughs> a few bushes dotted about, one of the bushes bursts into flames. But we, as we read in verse 2, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. And we just heard this in the, in the John Gordon prophecy. I believe if you were to see that, it would make you sit up, yeah? Sit up and take notice. That would get your attention. I suppose Moses could have been totally afraid and run away. 
but I believe it was God's plan to draw him towards himself, towards the burning bush. I know that for myself, in times gone by, I may have gone the other way. Looking back, I've ignored God, albeit simply through not knowing God, being ignorant of him, through not having a relationship with God. Before I came to know Jesus as my Lord and Saviour, I had many times of making the wrong decisions, mixing with the wrong crowd, getting involved with the wrong things. Thankfully, I now know that I should look towards my God. I should be ready to sit up and see him when he's guiding my footsteps. What if Moses had been distracted? He could have totally missed the burning bush. A few years back, I had a couple of mates of mine were out walking in the Lake District. Um, one of these guys, um, uh, Jason, uh, was in the American Army and he was home on leave from, um, I think it was either um, Afghanistan or Iraq, but one of, the, one of the conflicts. And he'd gone for a walk with another friend of mine called Graham. And these guys were out in, in the Lake District and they were trying to get from one particular place to the next. They'd done a, a sort of a, a straight walk, not, not a circular thing, but just to get to another place. So they started off and everything was fine. And as the afternoon sort of drew in and it started to get a little bit darker, they'd realised that they hadn't quite taken the right directions and were almost, dare I say, a little bit lost. So Jason, the army guy, said, no, not to worry, I've got one of these GPS things. So we can, you know, we can, we can sort it all out, we can see where we are, and we can head towards where we've got to be. So he had this, and it, was, it wasn't, you know, I think it's probably quite an easy thing to do these days with mobile phones, but this was back in the day a little bit. So Jason was sort of trying to get his GPS, oh yeah, hang on, we've, we've got it here, we've got to go uh, slightly over in this direction, oh yeah, okay. So they kept walking for a bit, and then so he and Graham were, were so sort of just concentrating on what was in their hand, they were looking, and then suddenly it, it, it stopped working. Oh, now we haven't got the GPS. So, okay, we better just keep going in this direction. But they were still waiting for this thing to click back in and to tell them, you know, to pick up signal and to know where they were. Graham suddenly said, oh, isn't that it over there? Isn't that the church spire? Because they've been doing this all the time. They're not looking, not looking up, not paying attention. So we need, to, we need to be alert. We often get distracted when we're supposed to be sitting up and paying attention. There is so much distraction. Mobile phones. Brilliant, isn't it? It's the biggest distraction going, I think. How many times do we, I do this, how many times do we go, go into somewhere, or if, even if we're out walking, it makes us, you know, sort of look as if, oh, hang on, oh, I've had a missed, oh, well, I have actually had a couple of missed calls. It's a good, it's a good job I turned it to silent. Um, but we check everything, everything, it's ridiculous. Every spare moment taken out by checking your phone. 
Unfortunately, with my job as a vet, you know, I have become a bit obsessed because I'm always thinking that I'm, I'm on call and I've got to take a, you know, be in touch with the surgery in case they're trying to get hold of me. Uh, but that's no excuse. I should, I should be able to learn to say, this isn't what I should be doing. Emails, messages, WhatsApp, Facebook, Twitter, etc., etc. Just imagine for a moment, just a moment, what would happen if we carried a Bible? Instead of going into our back pockets for our phone, what if we got our, we can get these tiny Bibles? Roy and Pam must be able to get these tiny ones from the bookshop. And I, did, I must get back into doing this, because I used to carry, there's a smaller version of this one that's sort of half the size, and I used to carry it at work. Um, and I don't, I, must, I, I actually gave that Bible to somebody else, but I, I'm, I must get another one to have with me at work and to try not to be distracted. I'm preaching to myself here, rather than anybody else. <coughs> press-ups. Anybody fancy some press-ups? Now, when I say press-ups, you've got to cut me a bit of slack here, because we're going to be talking about pressing in. Okay? Pressing into God is a term bandied about quite a bit. And it's, uh, it's encapsulated in a, in a certain bit of scripture, which Chris is going to come and, come and read for us. Have we got the uh, handheld there? Thank you. This is from Deuteronomy 30, verse 10. <coughs> the Lord will again delight in you and make you prosperous, just as he delighted in your fathers, if you obey the Lord your God and keep his commands and decrees that are written in this book of the law, and turn to the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul. I just realised I've got the book twice. Did, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. That's a bit confusing. So that's, that scripture is, that's pressing in. For me, that's what pressing in is all about. You know, going back to Moses, he must have been completely overawed by this whole experience. God speaking from a burning bush and then telling him to go back to Pharaoh. Rewind to the moment when Moses had to get out of town, pretty sharpish, because he'd killed one of the Egyptians that was beating up one of the Hebrews. Chapter 2, verse 15 tells us this, and sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened and tried to kill Moses. And God's saying, you've got you to go back. But God had fled. Sorry, but Moses had fled. And that's how he came to be tending sheep in Horeb. So the role here for Moses is to go back and lead the Israelites out of Egypt to the promised land. He's going to have to press in. He needs to press into his God. Now, if we look in chapter 4, uh, we see that God gives Moses some signs, signs and wonders to equip him for when he returns to Egypt. God gives Moses these signs as I think he can see that Moses isn't too sure. He, he needs something to, to go with. Moses says that he's worried that the people will not believe him, will not listen to him. And when I picture 
the next sort of conversation between God and Moses, I can't help thinking that there's almost a little bit of uh, a comical situation for this reason. So first of all, we have the situation where uh, God speaks to Moses and he says, that staff you've got in your hand, he'd be standing there, you know, pretending he shoots, and he's got this staff with him. Throw it on the floor and it will turn into a snake. That's a, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good wonder, a sign to have with you. So he throws the stick on the floor. Sure enough, it turns into a snake. It says, pick it up by the tail. So he bends down to pick it up. It turns back to the staff. That would be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? Is that... He then says, put your hand inside your cloak. He puts his hand inside the cloak. Now take it out. And as he takes his hand out, it's as if he has leprosy. Just his hand or his forearm. Then God says, put that back in the cloak. Put it back in and take it out again. And it's completely healed. So these would be pretty good signs to take with you. You'd feel, I, I would think, whew, I'm going with God. I've got, some, I've got some serious stuff to show people here. And if that's not good enough, he says, take some water from the Nile. Take some water and then pour it out in front of them and it will turn to blood on the floor. Okay, I'm with you on that. So there we have it. Imagine yourselves for Moses as a moment. You're having this wonderful conversation with the God Almighty, the great I Am, the creator of everything. He has just shown his power to you through signs and wonders that you have been given the ability to do. And what do you say? <coughs> the thing is, I'm, I don't know, I'm not that good at speaking. I'm a, I'm a little bit slow. I'm, I'm, I, I fall over my words a little bit. I, 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 I don't think I'm the man for your job. You know, this isn't going to be me. It's crazy, isn't it? You just had all that at your fingertips. But you doubt. <coughs> If you knew you had God on board, that he's equipped you for the job, wouldn't you want to at least have a go? You see, God loves to work through all sorts of unlikely people, (coughs) thankfully. It's not God's will for us to be doubters. It's the work of the enemy, the schemes of the devil, to cause us to check and say... Oh, I'm not good enough, not me. Or to have fears about all sorts of things. Moses was on the run, having murdered an Egyptian. He wasn't good with his words. But God was there to work with him all the time. You see, that is true, not just for Moses, that's true for each and every one of us. God wants to use you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to show his love for you. What I've really enjoyed about this bit of scripture is how it shows God's love from different angles. You may see yourself as a sort of a a Moses character that has a task or a situation in front of you that seems way too big. Can I suggest taking God with you? (laughs) Can I suggest speaking with God through prayer? Nothing is too big for our creator. Or you may see yourself as an Israelite 
That's another angle to look at it. Oppressed in a situation that seems like a mountain too high. There can be things in life that we can be slaves to. There can be times in life for all of us that are hard, that you might think, oh my goodness, I just don't know what to do. Well, check this out. Let's just, uh... <coughs> Let's just read this bit. This is chapter 3, uh, verse 7 and 8 of Exodus. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So he doesn't forget us. He doesn't leave us. He can see our suffering. He wants to bring us out of slavery. He wants to bring us to the land of milk and honey. Good stuff. So that's the workout bit done, thankfully, I hear you say. But what do we do after a workout? Any ideas? You can feel free to shout out. <laughs> that reminds me, I must give out a message about Hail to the King. <laughs> well, it's close. Thank you. It's close. We take fluid on. Is there anything else we could do? Yes, very good, Emily. Thank you. Stretches to help those muscles not to tighten up. Stretch yourself. Go beyond the limits that you or others have set for you. Amen. You are a child of God. Yes. And with him, there are some fantastic adventures to have. Yeah. Fluid. Drink him in. Drink in Jesus. Let him permeate into you. John 4 verse 14 says this, But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. That would be pretty cool. Thank you, Lord. So that's the end of the workout. But that's not kind of where we're going to finish. Um, could we put the original one up? Um, the verse for the year. Is that all right? Thanks, Ollie. Do not be silent. That's the bit that shouts out to me. Um, I just wanted to finish by uh, telling you something kind of about, it's a little bit of my sort of testimony, just a, a portion of it, but it's, um, it's how the fire started for us. And I include Liz in that because uh, we're married and, and you know, that's how it's been. So when we first moved down, um, or moved down here from, from London uh, in 2004, uh, some of you will know some of the ins and outs of this, um, we moved away from a, a, a bit of a sort of, we, we didn't know the Lord, we had a bit of a party lifestyle. Um, and there were things that, you know, I regret about that time, that I was led into, um, of my own free will, of things that I shouldn't, shouldn't have been doing. Um, now, a friend of ours came to stay with us, and this was 
you know, sort of when we first come down. And he, um, he was living a lifestyle that was sort of wrapped up in a drug culture, as, as I was. Um, but he was also living uh, a gay lifestyle. And he came down to stay for a, for a weekend, I think it was. Um, and something amazing happened that weekend. I think he might have stayed over uh, after, the, after the weekend, and it might have been the Monday or Tuesday, um, and Liz um, was with him. They were sitting in the garden chatting. And Liz sort of, as you do, you know, was just conversing, having a chat, chewing the fat, whatever it is. And said, oh, so how's, how's things going with you? Are you, are you, you know, are you with anybody at the moment? Is there a romantic interest? Is there? And he said, actually, I've turned my back on all of that. He said, I know this is going to sound really strange, but I, I, I'm not getting involved in that anymore. And I'm not taking any more drugs. And he said, um, actually, something amazing has happened. I've had an encounter with Jesus. Now, that's the spark that set off in our household. Now, this particular bloke wasn't silent. He wasn't silent. He wasn't even going to church. He, wasn't, he, he just said, I've had this encounter with Jesus. That's pretty amazing stuff to have. And that's what started the spark in our household. Now, it's not been an easy journey, I tell you, um, for, for all sorts of things, which I won't go into now. I'm happy to, to converse about with you. But when Jesus came into our house through that, it changed everything. And it's been over a period of time, and that's where we've ended up today. So I, I thank the Lord that, um, that this particular guy wasn't silent, that he did speak up. He didn't even know why... That had happened. He, he, he just said, I've just had this amazing experience with Jesus. So there are, there, are, there are times to maybe be quiet about things, but being quiet about our faith, about Jesus, about God, that's something we shouldn't be quiet about. Because you never know when you drop something in what it's going to do, what ripples are going to spread out. So I encourage us as a church to, um, to not be silent. That's the, that's the bit that really got me. So guys, thank you for listening. And I think Fraser's going to come up. like this which is based on God's word and which is clearly uh, inspired by God's Holy Spirit I believe that the Lord wants to apply this to our lives and so that's what we're going to, to do over the next uh, quarter of an hour or so we're going to ask the Lord to, to make this a message that isn't just an interesting um, well-crafted talk but is 
is actually something that the Holy Spirit takes and applies to us as individuals. Whoever we are, wherever we've come from, whatever our situation, whatever our age or stage, uh, I believe the Lord wants to speak to us. So we're going to spend a bit of time in prayer um, and I'm going to read a few scriptures and we're going to uh, ask the Lord to really uh, help us to go away knowing that as individuals and as a church uh, we've been able to, to hear God for us for ourselves this morning. When I was preparing for uh, this morning, um, I came across a Bible Society Life podcast, which Polly and I listened to uh, on Friday. And the Bible Society's podcast used the same um, analogy of uh, fitness, um, of getting in shape. Uh, the same picture that, that Matt has used this morning. And of course at the start of the new year uh, we may be determined to get in shape, to get in shape physically, to, to monitor our heart rate, that's the, the cardio burn thing, uh, to burn off some calories, uh, to do those sit-ups and press-ups, to lose weight, uh, to walk or to run each day. And there are many of us who will have that, uh, that resolution. Yes, this year I'm going, to, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to, to look after my, my physical health. Um, but I wonder whether we have the same determination to look after our spiritual health. And of course that's what today's message is all about. Do we pay attention to our spiritual health? And uh, so this particular reading that, uh, that we listened to uh, was based on some verses in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, they're verses that uh, would be familiar to many of us. <coughs> Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Now I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. There's a message there, I think, for all of us. Um, it's that, that need for not just physical self-discipline, but spiritual self-discipline. Uh, this was the the meditation that Polly and I listened to during the week, uh, which really spoke to me and which links in wonderfully with the message that Matt has brought to us this morning. To be an athlete requires single-minded, focused dedication. 
It affects all of an athlete's life and requires constant training, a good diet, practice and rest. There is no room for being half-hearted. Paul compares this to his life with God. For Paul, being a follower of Christ was hugely physical as he endured shipwrecks, beatings, riots and imprisonment. How do we measure or monitor our life with God? Our default indicators might include our prayer life, knowledge of the Bible, or our attendance or involvement at church. These are important. Actually, I would say they were, they were vital. But let me offer an alternative spiritual health tracker. That's of the fruit of the Spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians. How do we measure up when it comes to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control? As we reflect on our life with God, as we consider our spiritual health, how are we doing in these areas? And of course, we only bear fruit as, we, as our roots go down, as our roots are established uh, in the good soil of God's love, God's word, and the body of Christ. And so we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to uh, speak to us now uh, and remember that he is with us and he will hear and answer our prayers this morning. Father, we thank you for this message we've heard this morning. Lord, there's that challenge to press into you, to have our hearts burning with the love of God, to know your presence with us, to know your power, to, to be strongly attracted by the fire of your presence. Father, there's that challenge to, to sit up and take notice, not to be distracted by other things, but to be focused on you. And there's that challenge to press into you. <coughs> the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Lord, we pray, fill us again with your Holy Spirit. Strengthen us. And we pray that this fruit may be grown in our lives this new year. Moses gathered the people together at the end of his life. He encouraged them to choose life. And we've had those verses read to us this morning. This was the invitation of Moses to the people to love the Lord your God, to listen to his voice and to hold fast to him. And we pray this day, 
and this year that we will be people who love the Lord our God, who obey that command to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength and to love one another. I pray that we will be people who listen to your voice. Thank you that you are speaking to us this morning through that story of Moses and his encounter with the living God in the burning bush. And thank you that we can be people who hold fast to you, who allow our roots to go down deep into you, who commit ourselves to, to a life of prayer, to a life of reading your word and studying your word and allowing you to speak to us. And people who commit ourselves to, to one another, to the body of Christ in this place. We're going to stand in just a moment as, as part of our response to the Lord. And uh, as we stand, I'm going to invite the prayer team to, to move around, uh, much as we did last week, and to pray with individuals. Sometimes it's, it's difficult to come forward for prayer, but uh, if you would like someone to pray with you, um, that will be possible this morning as, as our prayer team uh, move around um, and pray with individuals uh, during uh, this time of response. Um, and during that time, we're going to um, listen to uh, a song by John Darby uh, called Eyes Fixed on You. I was particularly impacted um, by what uh, Matt said to us about our eyes being distracted, about being distracted by other things. Perhaps we're so focused on, on what's immediately in front of us that we don't see the bigger picture. We don't see what God has for us. We don't have our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so uh, we're going to listen to this track. We're going to stand. We're going to continue to respond uh, in, in prayer personally to the Lord. And we're going to receive prayer um, over the next uh, five minutes or so uh, before the band come and lead us in our final time of worship. Thank you.
quite looking forward to making my own similar declaration. So, uh, got a song that most of you will know. Those of you that are receiving prayer or want to still receive prayer and haven't yet had it, you know, throughout the next couple of songs, just make your way to maybe phrase or that and they'll pick you with somebody who can pray for you.
Take a 